thought you were just establishing your boundaries. And See, you know what I was thinking we could say is fair game. I'm knowing we were talking about this this week. I've I've just been more cognizant. I've just been like, oh, that oh, yep, there it is again. Hmm. Even I was thinking about the, there you go. It was the mind being mindfully aware of situations of how are we doing foundry work on that? Even mm. our interaction of having to reschedule our recording. I was like, are we doing okay on that? Are we, we balancing this pretty well with each other? I tried to do the same. I thought, okay, like I could really stretch myself. Oh, but is this respecting me as well as the team? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool experience. Okay, so that means I probably have to work on my boundaries because I was like, how can we get this out by Tuesday? What do I need to cancel? <laughs> no, because you offered, you offered, and you're like, our mental health is more important. And I'm like, well, I think we can oh, have okay, both. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we can have both because I think consistency is important and we had options. And it's always good to have options because the options could have been two of us instead of three, or I could have done an unpack that. This is good. I might actually keep this in the episode because I think this shows to our viewer how we're also using these practices in the mm, day to day. We're living this thing out. Yeah. And uh, obviously I knew like I was impacted by this, but it's always fun when mom also gets something out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm honestly in the middle of a situation that I've been reflecting on and checking in on boundaries to go, no, what's going on? Where am I in this? And I'm living this thing out as well of just trying to figure out, do I feel, where's my reality? Is it being validated or not? Who's, who are my safe people? Who can I share with openly or honestly? Where do I need to pull back? Like all of that is boundary work. Hey everyone, welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. I'm Sarah Wakefield. Yeah, and I'm glad we've already gotten into this episode because this is what we wanted to talk about, right? The real life applications of boundary work. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just to kind of emphasize, you know, we're going through all this too. Um, I think it's cool too, and it also kind of speaks to what Community Roots is and what we're doing here is even if this is information that you already know, it's bringing it to the forefront of your mind so you rethink of it again. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times have I thought of the one hand over my heart, one hand extended in these last couple of weeks? Um, so it was just kind of interesting and I love how it kind of plays out. So I'm excited to kind of share some real world applications with boundaries with you as well, meaning the listener. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, just in case <laughs> Sarah and Julie didn't think I was just talking to them. <laughs> But anyway, um, so I wanted to cover up a little bit of what we did last week, and you might be kind of just blazing through our episodes, and this might be a little bit of a recap, but I think it's important to what we're going to be talking about, because last week, we talked about boundaries and more of psychological boundaries, like things that we can't physically see, where the protective part of things, um, is that your left hand, your right hand? Right hand. Hand extended Mm -hmm. is your protective that shields you from the world um, and the containing part, which shields the world from you. Um, So, you know, the protective being a listening boundary, the containing being a talking boundary. We talked about can boundaries ever be unhealthy Um, and um, why it's important to be secure and connected. Um, But so that kind of brings us here today, right? 
can boundaries ever be unhealthy? What kind of happens with boundary violations and stuff like that? And what does that look like? So I'll hand yeah, off the ball to our QB. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've been chosen like a quarterback. I just feel <laughs> excited with that, with all the football references lately as we prepare for the Super Bowl. Yeah, next time you start chanting sack that quarterback, you might have kind of a... <laughs> you'll have a new reference you're like wait a second (laughs) let's hear the quarterback out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well i think this is a good question to start with is can boundaries ever be unhealthy um there are so if we think back to pia melody's model about the continuum that happens on the extremes are the wounded child and the adapted adolescent and the functional adult is balanced and moderate in the middle So where we're going to find something unhealthy are on those two extremes. So either on one end, we have the wounded child who is no boundaries. So if you're doing your hand motions, you take your hands down. There's no boundaries with that wounded child. And with the walls, we have the adapted adolescent and they are keeping out any kind of connection um, any kind of relationship because the wall is up. So you can't really be uh, relationally attuned or connected or, um, closeness to anyone because you've put up all the walls. So on the extreme first of having no boundaries and being a wounded child, that's where we get quite a lot of boundary violations because we are not going to be considering any kind of containment or moderation. We're just going to literally offend other people with our yelling, screaming, name-calling, ridiculing, shaming, blaming, mm-hmm. um, interrupting, and like overstepping. Like we're, we're almost taking up too much space because we don't moderate it or contain it. Um, we might be really reactive to others. We have a strong emotional response because remember the wounded child is feels a lot of strong, overwhelming, flooded emotions. Mm-hmm. So those emotions might come out a lot, a lot and then react a lot to others. Agreed. I can see that. I mean, a lot of the things that are, I think, categorized as boundary violations kind of seem like an adapted uh, or a wounded child anyway, you know, um, where, I mean, I'll, I'll let mom go through this kind of like a list of things, but it does kind of seem like a childlike reaction to things and you can see the no boundaries. Mm -hmm. So some more would be um, attempting to control or manipulate another person um, by trying to tell them what to do or say or act um, in what they are feeling, trying to be like, because you think about it, there's no clear sense of self of where I end and where the next person begins. Mm -hmm. And so it's all blurred. So it's, I'm going to try and control someone else or manipulate them. Um, It might be a proximity issue of of being too close to someone physically, emotionally, sexually, violating someone's privacy, like being in their space, reading someone's mail, um, getting Mm -hmm. into their email, getting Mm -hmm. into their journal, things that are private to them. And there's no boundary there. It's, it's violating that, that privacy, um, in sexual relationships, um, a boundary violation is having, um, a demanding your own way sort of attitude that you don't have consent. You don't have permission, but it, it just, 
exerts itself on another person. And then the, the boundary violation that would be on the opposite extreme would be avoiding any kind of empathy or expression of emotions, which will lead us into talking about our walls. Hmm. I can see that. I like when we kind of use this spectrum kind of mindset. I'm just, I'm such a visual person uh, balancing this functional adult in between the two of these boundaries um, and the adapted adolescent having these walls. It's really interesting because I think of children um, as having no boundaries. I think Mm -hmm. of um, kids, you know, being very reactive, interrupting, um, you know, as a kid, uh, with three younger siblings, I distinctly recall lots of mom, 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 like pulling on <laughs> the sleeve, like, Hey, I'm on the phone. I don't care. Mom, 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 mom. Um, and then my adapted adolescent stage, <laughs> I remember very much throwing up walls and, you know, not wanting to share my adolescent experience with anyone. So just kind of thinking about these in terms of my own real life, my own experience. Uh, Mm -hmm. Samuel, what do you have? Pretty much the same, you know, like as we go through like, "Mm, too real. (laughs) I've been there, (laughs) you know, so often when we talk, I, my mind flicks to different memories with some of these times. So it's just interesting, you know, It's something that you, it's good to process and think through. And I mean, th- that's why I encourage you to listen to this episode multiple times too, just to kind of sink it in. I find when I'm listening, sometimes my mind wanders as I think of old, you know, memories and I'm like, oh, I kind of do that sometimes. And it's mm-hmm. just interesting. And then you think, you know, what do I think about that? And then you're like, we're recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to respond. So no. there's a lot there. And you know, maybe we, uh, once we have the pieces, I think of the boundary violations with no boundaries and the kind of walls where yeah, nothing the other can extreme. move in and out, that, that might be helpful too. Yeah. That's I'm fair. also wondering too, Julie, and I'm thinking about this, these, you can be fairly fluid, not fairly fluid, but you can be fluid, right. In different relationships too. Like some relationships, I might be better at having boundaries, healthy boundaries and other relationships I will slide into either a wounded child state or an adapted adolescent state. So it's not just me versus the whole world. And that's how I operate um, statically. Like it's not just a set schedule of how I operate with my boundaries, but it, it definitely fluctuates with my relationships. Yeah. And as you mentioned that, what comes up for me is the idea of attachment dynamics is unique to each relationship and each person. We can mm. have, we can be someone who has a secure attachment and who is striving to be more and more a functional adult. But in specific dynamics with our relationships, we might have healthier boundaries and mm. be more in our functional adult with some people versus in other relationships. We might get, I would say, if we're getting more triggered in a relationship it'll be harder to stay in that functional adult secure attachment place. It would be more um, set into reactivity on the extremes of either um, wounded child having no boundaries and, you know, feeling defensive by attacking or, you know, yelling or name calling, ridiculing, shaming, that kind of behavior, because you don't feel like it's a healthy relationship. So it kind of triggers more of that 
stunted or immature behavior. Yeah. It sounds like you can switch between the two of those, even within the same relationship, maybe mm-hmm. even within the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. They're kind of, you could say that they're kind of coping mechanisms that we don't know what to do when we're feeling dysregulated. So sometimes our emotions like explode out of us, or we sometimes react really strongly to other people because we don't, we can't get our footing and in being more functional or having better boundaries. Um, so we're, we're kind of sometimes derailed or trying to figure out where am I right now in this relationship and how should I be responding in a more present, more functional way. But when we're triggered, we're taken kind of out of the present and we're just reactive, mm-hmm. whether it's on one end of the continuum or the other, both are and, both could be happening. And then that's a good moment just to, to come back and ground um, to like come back to the present window of tolerance. <laughs> yeah. Widen that window, the present moment, our deep breath that we've talked about the, um, taking Self-talk. a moment to pause. Yeah. Check in with kind of coaching yourself with your, your functional adult or reparenting moment where you can kind of connect with your littles and, and try to, um, give, validation and support that you need, that you don't need that to only come from other people, but you can take a moment, hand on your heart. You can give like somatic support. You can drink some water. You can move your body and get the kinks out. Like Sarah's turning her head. Go outside, go for a walk, do like five things you can see and feel and all those. Yeah. Pull up community roots. (laughs) <laughs> yes, pull up community roots. And our face our Facebook page has a lot of these great grounding techniques we've gotten through um through Julie and her contacts and resources. So let's talk about the walls and what's happening on that other extreme. So if we aren't um the wounded child that has no boundary and we go to the other side of that continuum where we're kind of avoiding any empathy or we're avoiding expressing our emotions because all of that might feel too vulnerable, too hard, too messy, too much in the moment. Some of the ways we overcompensate, we're trying to protect ourselves. That's the point of having a wall, but some walls are really only keeping people out and isolating ourselves and not giving us room for a relationship. So some of the walls that we might come across is a wall of silence a wall of words, which those are kind of two different extremes of the same wall, a wall of anger. Like I'm, I'm upset with you. I'm giving you the silent treatment. Um, being intoxicated can be a wall because you're staying behind a wall of, um, drugs or alcohol or something that keeps you away. Um, having preoccupation, you kind of dissociate, you go away, um, so you're putting up a wall that you're focusing on something else. You're really not present in the conversation or in the relationship. Um, having humor or charm because you're trying to um, appear a certain way, like, but your your true self isn't showing up in the relationship. It's more like putting up a wall that I'm not really going to let them see who I am. Um, sometimes having having fatigue or too much, like I you can't quite cope in the moment. So it becomes a wall when it keeps you away from people, even something like your phone and scrolling or your TV clicker or 
something that you really can't be present in the relationship and in the Mm. moment because of the walls that you're putting up. And remember too, that this is not to say that like silence or words are bad. (laughs) You know, we need moments of silence, but we can go to an extreme of putting up a complete wall that I refuse to talk to someone or something like that. Then that's a wall of silence or words are important to articulate what we're thinking and feeling. And that's okay, obviously to do that. But at some points, if we're talking nonstop and we never pause and never give anyone else a chance to be a part of the conversation, then we're kind of keeping other people out. Mm-hmm. Not living life to the fullest. I'm not even aware of what's yeah. coming up for me. You mentioned charm and humor. And I was, I'm like, oh no, but, um, <laughs> um, I do know, I, I have started taking more notice of when am I deflecting with humor? Like when am I uncomfortable and using my high, um, functioning <laughs> sense of humor to get me to separate me from the moment is to separate me from being vulnerable or standing up for myself in that moment. You know, I like, instead of addressing the issue, do I just put up this wall of humor and deflect Mm -hmm. so I don't have to be present um, Mm -hmm. because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I think I'm doing a lot better. (laughs) But when you did say that, I was like, oh. (laughs) Okay, so I have a a question. So I do use sometimes humor at work to deflect situations because I I don't want to deal with them, right? Like I don't want to deal with the kind Mm -hmm. of digging into the weeds. But you know how I view it is like it's work, right? Like it's not something that I necessarily view with my personal relationships or anything, but what would maybe like, is there a better response to that? Or is there times that you, cause I kind of viewed it as a skill in a certain sense. <laughs> like, right. I agree. You know, Samuel. Somebody says something really awkward or just, you know, not appropriate or whatever it is. And you're just able to go, you just kind of make a joke that kind of says I'm done. <laughs> Well, I think it kind of goes back to the idea of silence and words in and of themselves. Like humor is great. Like it's Mm -hmm. good to have humor that can be very personable or be charming and enjoy the company with someone else. I I guess maybe a question to sit with, with it is, am I being passive aggressive right now? Like I'm not dealing Mm -hmm. with my stuff and I'm just like, am I falling into a pattern where I'm just going to make a joke of everything and never deal Mm -hmm. with what's really Mm -hmm. needing Mm -hmm. to be addressed? Mm-hmm. I don't think humor is a bad thing in the sense of it, our, our brain can receive it as something light and, and, um, more funny is a way of bringing a defense down. So we don't mm-hmm. have to feel so tense and stressed and overwhelmed mm-hmm. all the time. So I think it's really, how does the, how does your nervous system feel in that moment? Is it like, I'm trying to get a dig or I'm trying to, um, avoid Am I avoiding with this or am I just trying to like bring some humor or lightness Mm -hmm. to the moment because it's too much or it's too stressful and I can step back and maybe too, like, am I mixing that up with having a multiple different ways that that I know how I can respond? I don't always Mm. default to, I'm going to be the one that says something funny and leaves. Yeah. I think that's some good insight and maybe it's kind of like, you know, emotion too, where if you're consistently getting the same emotion, then, you know, something's wrong or, you know, maybe even just notice it instead of having to, 
you know, mm. question every time it happens and going, oh no, that's a wall. <laughs> Just no. stay curious with it. Stay uh-huh. curious, stay compassionate. Be like, huh, I wonder what's, what am I noticing with that? What, what can I be aware of? I do want to mention around the idea of walls, and we may have said this last time too, but the idea is not to tear down somebody else's walls. Mm -hmm. Like we need to be able to have a way to protect ourselves. And certainly if we're in an abusive relationship, it's appropriate to have walls that protect us because if someone is being boundaryless with us, we need to set a boundary. We need to say something like, this is what is okay. This is what is not okay. And so if someone is boundaryless in the way that they're acting, we need to help bring some containment and some protection to the situation to help bring it into better balance. So um, certainly if someone doesn't feel um, safe enough in the relationship to open up and to talk about what they're thinking and feeling, what, what our goal needs to be at that point in the relationship is to create more safety, mm-hmm. to create more curiosity and compassion so that they feel ready to open up, not to force the timing of when that happens. Um, so we, we need to be respecters of walls that are there for a reason. They are there to protect us. Um, we just don't want to be in the habit of only living a walled life where we're really isolated and we're alone and we're not able mm-hmm. to be more vulnerable with our thoughts and feelings and sharing those in, in the context of healthy relationships. If you've been living behind walls and that is your safe sp- space. How do you take those first steps? Like say you've just created walls and you're completely removing yourself and disconnecting with the world around you. How do you take, like what steps can you take to get to lower those walls or to make them less opaque and more transparent? Like, how do you, I don't know. I think a couple of things, I think a couple of things come to mind as you say that to me, one thing is, that I stay connected to myself as the home base, that I know what my reality is, because then I will feel more comfortable. I'll be in a grounded place to be able to share what I think and feel mm-hmm. like it, it won't feel as threatening or as shaken or as vulnerable. If I have spent some time checking in with myself and I can know what do I, which leads into my second thought is like, it's, it's on there's a range of what feels safe. So I'm not going to fully expose everything that I think and feel to every person I talk to. So there's a range of how safe does something feel. So maybe if I want to start somewhere, I could start with something that doesn't feel particularly raw that I've already done a lot of work on, or that doesn't feel like a big, um, big, heavy, hard topic that I can just share a little bit or listen a little bit and start small start where where it does feel safe and start with people who treat you in ways that, that are honoring and respectful and kind and not someone who is potentially going to violate your boundaries. So cultivating safer relationships, healthier relationships, someone that we could try just a little bit. It also seems like too, you know, um, when people do go into, I mean, outside of that window of tolerance and move into the boundary violations or the wall, like it seems like it's, oh, I have a wall up. So now what I have to do is everything in my power to tear those walls down so I can be back to normal again. And then you're kind of at the, you know, wounded child again, where Mm -hmm. you have no boundaries. 
And I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times and mom said it, but like returning to home base, like checking in with yourself, like the mindfulness aspect of things, just being able to ask those kind of questions, I think, because, you know, I'm thinking through some of my memories of these things. And I think sometimes my reaction to these things has been a pendulum, you know, Mm. oh, I feel walls are coming up. So it'd be good for me if I just kind of laid everything out on the table, you know, to anyone I know. (laughs) And it's like, well, you know, that's actually probably not, you know, safe or healthy anyway. (laughs) And so then, you know, oh, I have no boundaries. You know, I'm just going to go into my room, seal myself off for today, you know, and just kind of reevaluate. It's like, well, you know, maybe I need some food, water, you know, a chance to take a breath and ask myself those curious questions of, you know, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think when you make small steps, if you think about, I don't know if this example would be helpful for anyone, but if you're taking a shower and the water is like burning hot, the way to help the water be okay to stand under is not to shift it all the way to cold. Like you would be jumping out of the shower because it'd be ice cold. You make a small adjustment and it kind of takes the edge off that isn't so overwhelming. And so it's the same kind of thing with this of just like take small steps. If you make small adjustments, if you're thinking of that continuum, almost like the road that you're driving down and you're starting to veer off, I've said this before, but you don't course correct by going into oncoming traffic on the other side from from the, um, the brim of the road into ongoing traffic. You make a small adjustment and you check that out. And then you say, how does this one feel for me? Am I okay? And it is being mindfully aware to continually check in with yourself. And we want to mention too, just as we're closing up for today, but how we can deal when people are um, kind of repeatedly violating our boundaries. What are the things that we can do to be healthy boundaried people and more balanced? We want to continue to set strong boundaries that can be consistent, that we don't just give up on or have porous boundaries where, where we say, oh, they, they're not listening. I guess I can't do it. Or um, we want to make sure that we're, we're staying true to ourselves on what feels okay and what doesn't feel okay. And to be able to communicate that with the people we're in relationship with. So to let them know like this, this isn't going to work for me. Like this pattern that we've done or this rupture that happened. I'm not okay with that. So let's talk about how we can repair it. Um, And you want to make sure that you're not expecting people to just fix how they're behaving or acting in the relationship. If you haven't addressed it, Mm -hmm. Um, they're likely going to continue the patterns of how they're interacting because nothing has caused them to pause and think about a different way. They should just know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) You can keep going. Um, we don't want to use our boundaries in a way to control someone else or punish them. Boundaries are a way of taking care of ourselves. So we're not, um, trying to be angry at someone. So now I'm going to punish them by not spending time with them or something like that. That would be creating a wall, right? Yeah. That would be saying that, yeah, that's a good connection there that, um, it's not for the purpose of making someone else feel bad or learn their lesson or something like that. It's how do I navigate in this world to help myself be contained appropriately and to um, have protection appropriately to take good care of myself. 
So you want to consider things of safety. And if there's something that you need to remove yourself from, if there's a relationship that's not healthy, then you might need to step back a little bit. Um, I'm really not someone who just says in typical interactions that we need to give up on people and give up on relationships and get cut them out of your life. Um, there are times that are, are dangerous that that does need to happen. So I'm not suggesting that's not true some of the time, but I, I do think that we need to be courageous humans that can do the hard work of repair at times and to do the hard work of boundary setting where we can have hard conversations and we show the other person in those moments that they are valuable because they're worth the effort that even if we're uncomfortable and even if this conversation is hard, we're willing to, to show the other person they matter to me and it's important that they exist. So I'm gonna do the hard boundary work, the repair work, um, all of that, you're worth that. I'm worth that, you matter, we matter. It's like a way of engaging in the world that is, we can use these hard things to help us grow. We don't have to just say, oh, that relationship wasn't healthy, so I got rid of it. Like sometimes we need to do the work to help it be more healthy. Um, and I know I can't really make a blanket statement for everybody on which relationships need to be um, protected in a more significant way, but I guess I'm just calling out a little bit if there would be others who are willing to do this work to be more functional, to work hard in relationships, to, to take good care of ourselves and be willing to extend that to someone else. Like that will help this world be a healthier place. Nice. That's some good words to end on right there. Not bad. The mom mantra to the world. <laughs> um, so yeah, recently we've been uh, ending on takeaways. Uh, does anybody have a big takeaway they want to start out on? Mine is going to be the small steps, like that, that it can make a difference. Maybe I might need to pause a little bit. Maybe I need to step back a little bit and to be able to set some limits so that I can find myself or I can figure out how did I feel about that? I don't have to be reactive and quick to everything that I can take the time I need to sit with something for a moment and reflect and be more present and be more functional. And I can do that in small ways. Like, how did I respond to the text? How did I answer that email? Um, did, I, did I take time to pause before I just exploded some emotion out on somebody else? Like small steps, I think, bring big change. I really okay. liked what you said, Samuel, earlier, because um, I was thinking the same exact thing about in those, bound, in those boundaryless moments and in those walled off moments, um, it's coming back to home base instead of penduluming or facilitating between the two as the solution, it's the small steps that Julie just mentioned. I'm gonna to try to this, you know, as we progress in the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna to try to just remember not, I don't have to swing through that. I can turn the dial down from scalding hot to a less heated temperature because swinging it back over to cold is not gonna make me any more happy mm -hmm. or any more comfortable. Um, so it really is coming back to home base, coming back to that centered space. So I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to do that. And even in that example, like you're not going to know if the temperature of the water is right unless you're checking in with yourself. Yes. So you need the awareness <laughs> piece to go, how does that feel? Does it feel okay? Does it not feel okay? Is it too hot? Is it burning me? Is it too cold? Like I have, I can only know how to make adjustments if I'm mindfully aware and connected to myself. 
I have so, to Mom, check in with my body. I feel like you just took my takeaway there. <laughs> oh, no. Julie's bringing the line. gold. We all got oh. a ticket. You got one. <laughs> Sarah got two. I got three. My number was ready to be called. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to have a boundary violation. And no, it's that, okay. So. No, I, I just want to echo the words is like, that's kind of my takeaway. And uh, I'll word it a little different, but just kind of the curiosity piece, staying curious, asking yourself those questions. You know, um, I think that's so important. I try to incorporate that. Uh, one of the things that, oh, here, I'll do it you know, gratitude. But one of the things I like about myself is my curious nature. And so I try to incorporate that. And so to kind of say, hey, it's a good mental health tip to be curious. It's like, boom, I want to do that more than <laughs> you just but, had to get a boom in there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't even realize I did. That's funny. But anyway, thanks so much, everyone for joining us this week. Um, I hope that uh, you're doing well, that you're getting a lot out of it. If you like what we do and you want to start a conversation, um, feel free to reach out. Uh, we're communityrootspod at gmail.com. Um, another thing you can do is rate us on Spotify or um, Apple, uh, iTunes. Um, we hope you rate us at five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't, you should go back and re-listen to more episodes <laughs> until we get that full five. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway. Just kidding. Just kidding. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Um, we will see you soon. Bye.